Ready? Hello and welcome to Rhythm and Pixels, a video game music podcast. This is episode 27-8 and we are your hosts. My name is Rob Nichols. And I knew it was 27-8 somehow. <laughs> gotcha! I was just stalling to make sure that I was recording and I totally am, so it's alright. <laughs> that happens sneaky. every once in a while. Um, sneaky, sneaky. Um, every week we listen to great video game music from all consoles and all generations. We hang out, we talk about them. Talk about we listen to great music. We listen to great music with you. We know you like good music. We like good music. That's what we do. We hopefully even like a little bad music because every <laughs> once in a while there's a hankering. Yeah. Um. Well, for, 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 for bad crapulence. For for bad music. I don't know, man. For bad crapulence jams. Oh yes. Mm. The worst part is like I've thought about us doing an episode specifically titled like bad music, but it's so subjective. That I don't even know how that would work. I mean, I guess <laughs> exactly. we could do like fun because I don't want to do bad music, but like because then I wouldn't want people to listen to it because it would be like, oh, this is just not good sounding. But maybe we can do funny music where it's like, okay, this is so bad it's funny, and we can just play a little bit of it and then just talk over it. <laughs> okay, that could be yeah. interesting. I'll do some real thinking about it though because it's a rarity to come across where it's like this is a track that's not it's, it's like not great, mm-hmm. but I also remember it <laughs> enough to go get it. So. But it's something to think about for sure. Well, good. Well, I'm glad you like it. Thanks for listening to the show. We'll see you next week when we have some more great Robin Purnell chat. <laughs> what a talk show. What a show. Um, yeah. So, so I think, how's life been treated? Oh, it's been okay. It's been a little bit better. Today was a little hectic. Um, so I had to go to the dentist and Christy had the car and I had to like shuffle things around. That's, you know, that's... that's you the, had to hitchhike to the dentist. I had to hitchhike... Let me tell you, and the um, um, so I had my thumb out on the road, and a truck picked me up, and he was he offered to do my teeth. He was like, "I got a hammer, something's got to come out, right?" He tried to take one, but I assume he wanted to take one as the toll for giving you the ride in the first place. It's two molars for every four miles, he told me, and I said, "I'll find another ride, sir. I'll find another ride." And that, but you say that, and yet I do see two missing teeth. I'm, now you've noticed I'm keeping my mouth like kind of halfway closed. for <laughs> now. I'm oh, so embarrassed. Right. I'm so embarrassed that I hitchhiked again with my teeth. <laughs> Why do I always um, make this mistake? Because um, well, you got to get places. <laughs> I got to get somewhere. I did download a bunch of games on the PlayStation 4. I don't know if I talked about this last week. I haven't touched them yet. Um, I'm going to. I've been watching uh, The Circle on Netflix. What's The Circle? It's a reality show where um, people go into a, a building and they all are in their own separate apartments and they can only talk to each other through text, a big text chat. And then they have to vote each other off. So they're you're creating... So some of them, they have a profile with their picture and um, like they have like a, like a picture and like a little bit about themselves and then they just chat with each other. In other words, it's Facebook. Yeah, it's Facebook. And then they vote and then they rank each other and then the top get to vote off the next one. And... Um, it's really interesting. Some people go in there being themselves. Some people go in there playing a completely different person. A lot of people do. Um, it's at this season. This is the second season. I fell in love with this show because it's so weird and it's just so. It's genuinely kind of like fun. You know, it's just fun because, like, again, there's no like actual fighting person to person. They never see each other, so it's just like after four four text conversations, 
they have to judge whether they like this person or not and vote them out. You know, that's that's a pretty much the show. It's it's very it's interesting. Online dating the show. It might be. I don't know. I'm sorry. Online friending. Yeah, friending. Show. Online friending. I don't know. Maybe you can watch it and get some ideas on like how to like change things up. I don't know. I need a damn miracle. <laughs> There's like miracle on 34. So I need to watch that. Miracle in Wilmington Street. I don't know. I forget what street you're that on. That would be a weird street. <laughs> let's, not, let's, not say, let's, let's not say what street you're on on, on the podcast, but I do forget. Oh, yeah. I do forget. I know where you are, though. You're by that. <laughs> I know where you live. I know where you've been last summer in <laughs> 10 years ago. <laughs> dun, dun, dun. Dun, dun, dun. Uh, but yeah, so I'm I'm um, I'm looking forward to playing Res again. I just love Res. And that was one of your downloads? Yeah, one of the downloads. Um, and also Horizon uh, zero is it horizon zero dawn yeah okay. i need to resume that one honestly that one looks fun, people loved that game when it came out and i just was like i don't know maybe i'll get into it and now i have the opportunity to and now i'm wondering if i want to get into another adventure game when i haven't finished persona yet no you should finish persona See, you're already near the end how am i near the end i've got to be only halfway right you're at the arc am i at the arc yeah, you should be because you were at you beat the freaking spaceport. Yeah, I beat Amazon, and now I got to go on to the next thing. So that's the arc. Amazon. <laughs> yeah. So the next arc, the next thing is the arc, and then there's like one thing after that. Oh, see, I'm wondering because I have like fifty to sixty hours in that game, and you're like, I put like four hundred. Yeah, but I also paid on the hard difficulty, <laughs> and I was doing a lot of crazy crap. Oh, okay, okay. So as long as I'm not worried about like playing on hard and doing crazy crap, I should be okay. <laughs> Yeah, you might still have like a good like twenty hours left. Okay, well that's 10, fine. Twenty hours, but yeah. Okay, well but that if you stop now, you, you've thrown away like how many hours? Yeah, all right, throwing it away. You've threw it all away, Rob. <laughs> like oh yeah, I mean, get that conclusion. You gotta, you gotta see how it plays out now. I do. I, I'm 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 interested in the other characters. The main character they they've given a plot, but they've they've they didn't really give him a name, and they don't give, they don't even give him eyes. So I don't have a whole lot invested in the main character. Yeah, because you're supposed to be the main character. Yeah, which is interesting. Which I always, do you like it that? Always bugs me. I, I've always been. A, I've never been a big proponent of that because you can't truly be the main character in a game where the narrative is purely written out. Like, like in a like a Western RPG, they usually make it so open that you can be like, "I'm going to be a pickpocket," or "I'm mm. going to be the guy who saves the children from the orphanage." Yeah. From the orphanage, or I'm going to be the guy who becomes a minor. <laughs> like you get all these open-ended routes you can take to yeah. make your character yours, but in a JRPG they give you the silent protagonist, but most of your choices barely matter. Social links are a nice twist to that because at least you can say, "I befriended this guy" or whatever. But all of those friendings have a predetermined narrative arc. It's just a matter of did you say the right thing or not. So even there, you're not really that person. You're just following their trail and just saying the right thing when the game prompts you to. So I like the story and I like seeing those people interactions, those interactions with my character, but he's not really me. Yeah. I'm just kind of filling his shoes until I have to make a choice. Exactly. Also, he's a Japanese high school kid, you know? And yeah, he's white and wear glasses. I'm white and wear glasses, but you're not. So like, you can't exactly like fill those shoes. You know? But at the same time, you kind of have to roll with it a little because I always find it funny, right? When people do the whole quote-unquote waifu talk 
And uh, it'll be like, uh, so who'd you waifu'd? And I'm, like, I, and I'm not going to say it ever again. That was me solely doing it for that purpose. I appreciate it. Me and the listeners appreciate that. <laughs> <laughs> but, but when a person's like, you know, who did, who did you end up dating in the game? Oh, who see, did you see, end up marrying in the game? And you'll be like, well, I really like this person. And then you get that subset of people where they're like, ah, that's like for pedophiles or something creepy. Like, there's like, you do realize that in the game, I am playing as an 18-year-old or a 17-year-old. So I'm filling his shoes for the sake of the game. Yeah. I'm not going to be like, well, I know. I'm a 17-year-old kid in the game. How can I date a 40-year-old? But they ask you, but they ask you to, to, to even put your name to name the character, you know? And so I, yeah. I find there's like a disconnect there. I would have preferred... That's why I named... I looked up what his name was in the anime and just named him that. Because... Oh, Ren. Yeah, because I would rather make choices... And this is another thing that kind of kind of bothers me because I was looking forward to making choices that would not be like how I would do it. So maybe I would be kind of a jerk or maybe I would be kind... I would make maybe chaotic choices that I wouldn't. But then mm-hmm. I, throughout the game, it's persona. You got to be nice. You got to say the right thing to the person at the right time to get your rank up. And so, in a way, I feel like I'm actually, like if I'm having a conversation conversation with um, with Makoto and she's mm-hmm. telling me something really important and sad in her life, I feel like... Better treat Makoto right. Exactly. I'm not thinking like, oh, I feel so sad for her. Let me tell her something nice. I'm thinking, let me just tell her something nice so I get points. Yes. And, and that's what bugs me about that kind of stuff. It's like, and not, I not, get it not, from a game. And not girlfriend points, monster points, so I can fight more monsters. <laughs> I need three musical notes. <laughs> yeah. And so I'm like, it, it feels a little less genuine. And, and I'm interested in the story. I'm interested in the characters. I have a, I, I, The story they've given them to most of them is heartbreaking, and I really like that. But the way you interact with them and as the main character, I have a bit of an issue with. Um, that's welcome to modern day JRPGs, pretty much. Which is that's probably pretty much what they all are. Yeah, which is probably why I don't play any of them. You know, Persona gets me because it's got the music and the style, and I love that. Love that about it. And it's got you. You. You are like, hey, Rob, play Persona for the past, you know, how many years? Probably <laughs> literally about four years. <laughs> four years. Play Persona, and then Chris Murray was like, play Persona. And you were like, I don't know, guys. I'm, I won't like it. You did. Um, oh, you did. Well, let's um, let's get into some the topic and the music, and then we can keep talking, talking. We can keep talking. We can go to New York. Yo, we Fit can. New keep, York. I can't even do a New York. Can you do a New York accent? Hey, what are you doing there, man? I can't. <laughs> I can't do it either. Get away, man! I just can't. There's gotta be something. You gotta it. be like, um, we listen. I can do the what a matter for you, but what that's a, not really New York. Hey, I, hey, we're, we're doing a podcast here. Here, what? <laughs> here, I can do that. I can do it here. Um. Hey, what's the matter for you over there? <laughs> Get out of the street! I'm trying to park up a car, but that's not really <laughs> New York either. That's just some guy. <laughs> just someone angry at the airport. <laughs> mm-hmm. I'm telling you, one day I just need to sit down and just like try to curate a bunch of voices and record them so I can refer back to them when I need to remember what I sounded like when I did it. I'm just gonna make um, like really short, small video games, but with a whole lot of voice acting, and then you're gonna you're gonna do all the voices. <laughs> like, why does the janitor sound a lot like the rocket pilot, who sounds a lot like the spaceman, who sounds a lot like the guy who needs thread through holes? Yeah, I don't uh, know. The uh, seamstress, yes. <laughs> all right. So our topic this week, and I wrote down um, underrated gems. 
Because you or, said you said unsung hits, but if they're hits, then that means people have sung their praises. Well, when I think of unsung, I was thinking more like unsung hits in the sense of like these are games that I feel I wish people talked about or at least heard more of because I think they're great titles, yes. but no one talks about them probably because they fall under the radar or yeah, we, whatever something we consider to be underrated, like under yes. the radar games. Um, and that okay, that's good. That's what I did too, because uh, everything I love. Not everything I love, but like there's a lot that I, I really enjoyed, especially in like the PlayStation Dreamcast era that I feel like just not a lot of people got into. Um, and so I'm gonna st- I'm, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe like everyone knows these games, and I'm just I just have that's totally fine. I haven't if that's talked the case. to them. If think that just means hey, hey my games are underrated, I'm happy. <laughs> okay. So my, my first track, and I, I can't believe I haven't gone back to this game because the soundtrack is phenomenal. You're gonna love this. I hope you like this. Um, this is for the Sega Dreamcast. This is a game called Toy Commander. Remember this one? Oh, I have it. Toy Commander is great. Oh, it's a great game. Um, this track is called Lost Strings, and the game is composed by Philippe Vacher.
You're listening to Lost Strings from Toy Commander for the Sega Dreamcast, composed by Philippe Vachet. Oh man, this this is a this is a stylish stylish track. I like this track, and it's funny too because it's well, you can imagine I haven't played Toy Commander in about 20 years. Yeah, me too. Um, <laughs> but I don't remember the music that much, but. This makes me want to go back and listen to more of it, or even just boot the game up. Oh, it's real. Every track is really good. I mean, look it up on YouTube. It's it's amazing. Every track is amazing. It's just got this really cool, like heavy, big beat kind of style. But in some of them, it's like this one. It's almost like a, out of a movie, you know. Um, mm-hmm. so- and that would make sense too, because you know, Toy Commander had a weird style to it. It was a mm-hmm. So it was toys. It was like basically the whole premise of the game was like a boy playing war with his toys, like yeah. literally just playing war. But when you actually ran the missions and stuff, they felt kind of serious. Like you were a plane <laughs> doing bombing runs on the kitchen sink, <laughs> and there were actually gun turrets set up on the kitchen counter. That's what shooting I at your plane. That's what I loved about this game. It was it, it didn't take itself so seriously. Like oh, it's like. A little, you can be play as a little toy plane or as a little toy car, but you're not like in the desert or something. You're actually in the living room, you know, where you're in a sandbox. And, and it was freaking great. I remember, of, like, the, my favorite levels were like there was like I think there was one level. I have to go back and confirm it because I, I want to say it was the bathtub, but really I believe it was like a flooded living room. Yeah, they, <laughs> like they did get folks. a little weird. Yeah, um, and then some of them, like some of the missions, were like even like like. Like interesting stuff where it was like um, you fly the helicopter to pick up like sugar cubes and drop it into tea and so it was just and then there was a multi I think it was multiplayer um, it was a battle mode yeah battle mode that's, that's what I was most, interest, uh, most interested in at the time because um, the, the, the controls and all the different vehicles they played really uniquely and it was really really smooth and on the dream the Dreamcast had like a really I don't know like I guess when 3D was done right on that machine like it was very colorful it was very shiny and um, it just really fit this game really well. I don't hear people talk about this game. Maybe I'm wrong, but I feel like this is one that if you're going to play some Dreamcast games or emulate some Dreamcast games, this is a fun one. This is a really cool and game. I and I don't think you're wrong at all, because from what I recall back in the day, like it rated fairly okay. Mm-hmm. But the most real hype I heard about it was like, I, I feel like I recall this getting a nice dialogue in the Game Fan magazine, because Game mm-hmm. Fan had a way where if a game was really popping and something oh there it is there it is <laughs> and they wanted to like get buzz out for it they would write these two page massive articles about it with photos and stuff yeah. and I feel like I recall this game getting that treatment but when I bought Toy Commander it was literally me thinking hey this game looks interesting I like the premise and I need a new Dreamcast game let me grab this thing <laughs> and I did and then I was like I'm happy I bought this because this is a lot of fun because um, in America, it came out not at launch. It came out within the first year of release, though. So it was still within that sweet spot where people were like, I need new games, and here's a new game. Does it work? You'll find out. And in this case, for me, I bought it, and it worked, and it stayed in my collection. I didn't return it. I didn't sell it. It was totally worth it. Oh, so it's right. It's because it's you. It's still in your collection. You haven't gotten rid of it. Oh, yeah, but back in the day, when return policies were still like they were, mm. if I didn't like something, yeah. I got my money back. Yeah. Or I, you it, just, in my case, it was just went back to the store where I picked up the next thing. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, yeah. I could do that's what it would be. Like, I had, like I told you before, I had a friend who I'm almost positive people like him were the reason why they stopped doing that, where he would buy a game, beat it within 10 days, return it for another game, mm-hmm. beat it within 10 days, return it for another game, and just keep doing it to the point where one day 
We came to the store. I went with him. The guy was like, I'm not taking your game back. Like, the one time I've ever seen a store call the we are allowed to veto returns whenever we want. The guy wow. was like, we're not taking your game. Get out. <laughs> it's like, well, there it is. And he tried to make a stink. I was like, don't be an asshole. It's clear that you've been doing this. You know, Stop. I, just accept the hit and leave. Man, when I worked at EB, I did not care, man. You, it didn't matter. You brought back like a game covered in Coca-Cola. I've been like, looks mint to me. Come on, man. <laughs> You're the guy that's going to get the store's fine or some crap. Well, it ain't there anymore. That's for sure. <laughs> well, that's true. Actually, no, I think it is still there. Well, it's GameStop now. Yeah, they're right. all GameStop. GameStop ate everything. Well, maybe that's why I was fired. No, I, I, I left. <laughs> that's why I left voluntarily. <laughs> well, I'm glad you have fond memories of this one too, because um, I wasn't sure if this was something you'd remember. Um, it just it felt it felt like like a like a like a war game, like an army. Like it wasn't army men. You know, it was to me. This is what army men should have been like. Oh, yeah. And they also were, like, other small levels, too. Like, you were a race car doing laps around the table. Mm. Like, there were all kinds of cool little levels in this game. Yeah, and yeah. it's just... I always talk about how imagination rocks for stuff, and I feel like this is the kind of thing that I wish we saw more... We would see more often from, like, even big-budget games. Like, yeah. Just get dopey and imaginative cool. with your stuff yeah, instead of it, another fantasy world that's under siege. It's Only one hero. They went really creative with it. I think that's why indie games right now are, are like, really doing it for me, because... They're trying different things just because they they want to, you know. Mm -hmm. um, all right. So, what's your first? What's your I'm first hero, glad, hero game? I'm glad that you transitioned to me right at that point. Cause I was about to say, and while some experiments turn out great, uh oh, others also turn out great. Oh, good. But where the catch? But it's so cursed. I'll it's get to that in a. <laughs> I'll get to that catch in a second. But the game title is actually called Skybolt Zack, and the track title is called. Reach for the Sky Mode 4 Ascending Fist. And it is composed by Ina Andrion.
welcome back. You're listening to Reach for the Sky, Mod Mode 4, Ascending Fist from the game Skybolt Zack, composed by Ina Andrian. This is, I think it's on the Switch too, but I played it on a PC. Uh, so, this game is a friggin' trip in that I think it's one of the more like, cool, creative little games I've played over the year, last few years. But it comes with a caveat, and that caveat is brutally difficult. Mm. And I'll explain why as I tell you what the game is now. The main character's name is Zack. He is a guy who was kidnapped by some evil army with the intent to turning him into like a, like a machine man or whatever. And they thought that he was a failed experiment. So they threw him in the junkyard. But it turns out that he did succeed. He did. It did work. But he maintained his humanity. He's just a man with giant robotic arms. And the premise of the game is you're trying to blast back to fight back and defeat this evil army. And each stage consists of a bunch of robots that are like just stationed all over the place. Springs and machines and stuff. Mm-hmm. And every one of those things are a specific color corresponding to the face buttons on, say, an Xbox controller. So, X, Y, B, and A, or blue, yellow, red, and green. So, how that plays out is, if you see a yellow enemy, you gotta hit Y when he's near you to run and punch him. If you see a blue guy, hit X. Red guy, hit B. And if it's a gray guy, you hit A. But A also is for jumping. So, (laughs) what ends up happening is you'll be chaining commands like from guy to guy to guy to guy because you're moving fast as both. You're like zipping between enemies, mm. punching and hitting them. Sometimes you gotta like mash the buttons constantly. Sometimes the enemy will have a shield that's for one color. Yeah, this but when is... you punch him, he'll move the shield, and you have to use the other button. It's like and... um, it's like in Sonic, like Sonic Adventure or whatever. There's other Sonic team or whatever where it's like if you jump and hit a button, it kind of like homes in on the next enemy. Yes, but yeah. you gotta hit the right button to do the homing. Oh, and then the thing about it is like so when you were listening to the track just now. The first half of the track is like the normal music for that particular stage. However, if you get a combo over like 50, the second half of the track is what starts to play. Oh, interesting. So it's almost like, hey, you're kicking butt now. Let the music show you how it's done. And it's like, we're, we're. You're like, I got to keep this up now. And this game score going. is all about combo. Like a third of the screen is a giant meter for your combo. <laughs> yes. It is it not is letting a- you forget about it. So, like, Rob was saying that he saw a speed run that took, like, 20 minutes. And that's one of those cases where someone would see that and go, this game is really short. But here's the trick. One, it's mastering the game to get to that 20 minutes that's going to take you a crap load of time. Mm-hmm. And two, by the game has an interesting design to it as well, where you'll go to a stage, and as you're playing through it, there are multiple exits on the other side of the stage. So... If you're doing really well, you're likely going up, 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 like horizontally upwards. And that's the harder route of the stage. But if you get to the exit on that route, you're on the harder route of the game. You get more points for that, too, but you're on the harder trajectory. And then you move on to the next stage, which also splits. Mm. And the next stage, which also splits. So you're trying to play an optimal route through the game. But... And then to say you can't just like play through the game and just like do like the lowest rank stage every right. time. Yeah, but like there's there's definitely a, a fast way to do things. It's like a yeah, it's like a shoot 'em up, right? Where like you can you can survive, right? You can you can play through this game and you can survive. Maybe you can even do it on one credit, but you'll survive. But then there's like an optimal way to score points. 
You know? Exactly that. I totally and I got to tell you, you'll struggle and you'll struggle. But when you get that run going and that combo kicks in and you just got the flow going, it feels so good. <laughs> it's like, yes, I got this. And your guy's just dashing around the screen, hitting springs and crap. It is gold. It is a fantastic game that no one talks about. And I don't think it's because of how difficult it is. I just think most people don't even know it exists, let alone that it's a challenge. There's game. just a lot of games out. You know, just so much is coming out at one time. You know, things that, Oh, for sure. Yeah, yeah. But that's why I think episodes like this for things factor in. Because one, I do a lot of reviews, which means I get access to a lot of games I didn't spend money on. So I can be like, this is not just a game I review. This is a game that if I known it existed before the review, I would have paid money for mm. this. Um, but not just that, but also I every once in a while still come across games that I didn't review. I just stumbled across it while browsing stores. I was like, this looks like my jam. And there will be a game like that coming up later in the show. Well, but well, like, yeah, well, for me, it's like kind of mining my, my nostalgia or my limited nostalgia and remembering like, wow, this was a really interesting game or this one coming up very interesting i don't think a lot of people talk about it maybe it's not even regarded as good but i think it's still worth people's time just because of how strange it is um this game is Please called be super magnetic neo no don't <laughs> you got me to buy that on uh, on my iphone like ages ago and that was a cool game wait no i'm thinking you're thinking about that. major magnet major magnet yes no this one is um super magnetic neo that's right that's a cool game um this is a uh, galarians for the playstation remember that one <laughs> Loosely, at numbers, it start a teenage boy. Yeah, you're a teenage boy. It's a uh, survival horror style game, but it's in a crazy sci-fi universe. And so I'll I'll talk more about it. But this is music that plays during uh, stage C part two, um, a scene called Pusher, a scene called the Reunion, Hotel Three F, and but it's most commonly known as the Battle with Rita. So um, this is composed by Masahiko Haigo, um, an artist known as Tomo. I don't know the... That's, that's a, a pseudonym. And uh, Tetsuaki Sawa, Sawachi. This is from Galarians. <laughs>
you're listening to, um, we're going to call it The Battle with Rita from the game Galarians for the Sony PlayStation, composed by Masahiko Haigo, Tetsuaki Sawaichi, and Tomo, T-O-M-O. Don't know the artist behind that one. <laughs> Wait, what you got against Hotel 3F? Um, <laughs> Hotel 3F. It was just, you know, bad coffee. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, I just destroyed that 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 room. So yeah, Galarians is um it has kind of a an anime kind of style to it um in the cutscenes. Otherwise, it's very much like Parasite Eve, where the cutscenes are beautiful, well designed, but the rest of the game is kind of low poly 3D models against a pre-rendered background. And when you run from screen to screen, the game stops, loads a little bit, then loads the next screen. And then if there's enemies chasing you and you open a door. They are gone forever, and you are free and clear. <laughs> wow. Also, uh, it's one of those. I think Resident, the old Resident Evils were like that, too, where yeah. they were just disconnected by the individual rooms. Yes, exactly. And the um, the controls are very much like that, like tank controls. Um, except Ooh. that, yeah, you're a young boy. You wake up in a hospital. You've been Experiments have been run on you, and you suddenly have psychic powers. But this is like some kind of weird future world, um, futuristic kind of world. And um, so you're only defense against enemies like I guess would be these people running this facility are your psychic powers and it is limited I mean it, you have to find items which are pills and like syringes and you shoot yourself up with drugs to give yourself these powers and that's the, and that's all you have in the game so you are running away from things all the time um, it's funny you say that because now I'm thinking like very almost somehow revolutionary like Bioshock was. Sounds like they might have got that idea from Galarian. Shoot Maybe. yourself up with plasmids to get powers. Boy, that's Galarian. Yeah, it's but. it's but um it's it's I, I rewatched it today. I never finished the game. I got pretty far when I was younger, but I never fully finished it. It's pretty difficult. Um and it's it's a cool game. It's very weird. The monsters are very terrifying. Um eventually you learn that there were the experiments done on you. Um, where they were creating other people of the same, like they created other people like in test tubes. And so you're fighting the system and trying to stop them from taking over the world or something. Like maybe you were a failed experiment that came back mm-hmm. to bite them. Yeah, it's it's cool. And I was like, you know, I remember the music being interesting. And then I looked back and I found this track and I'm thinking, this is the prodigy right here. This is Firestarter. And I like it. <laughs> There it is. Yeah. Getting our getting our musical pedigrees outside of gaming involved in here. Too. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's like it's like this is around the time when Prodigy was kind of being a, was kind of a thing, right? So um, maybe it made an influence on uh, these developers as well. There's not a lot of music that plays throughout the game. It's only during certain um, cutscenes and certain battles. But the music that does play is really really cool. And the cutscenes aren't that bad either. The, again, the gameplay is low resolution not super great that's a cool atmosphere but for the time it's it worked but the cutscenes are neat they're really really neat In- interesting design so um not for everybody but if you're into a slow adventure style resident evil like old school resident evil type game that, them tanks control yeah tank controls yeah really difficult to, to manage running around and also fighting like you don't just shoot yourself up with the drugs to fight like you have to hold down a button to charge it and then you, and then he like shoots out, like he'll tur- he'll set people on fire or shoot electricity, and then there's cooldown, like it hurts him, you know. So oh, so yeah. basically you can't even overuse your powers because it will potentially kill you if you overdo it. Right, yeah, and you can't really do it during like under stressful times because if you're being chased, you know, if you don't take out the enemy, they can keep coming after you when you're still recharging. You can't move, you know. So 
it's tough. It's it's a, maybe that's probably why I never finished it, but it was a great idea. I think it's really it's full of interesting ideas, and um, it's something on people on, on the PlayStation. I don't really hear a whole lot of. So there you go. I think it's funny too because like, I'm, as I'm looking through the rest of my list, I'm like, crap, none of these games are that old. And now I'm trying to think we might have to do a topic month even where it's like this is retro month. Can't go beyond 32-bit, which is funny to even say that as retro at this point, but that's how old we are. Yeah. Like, you can't go beyond 32-bit retro month, and it's like, uh-oh. <laughs> I'd i be happy with that. I'm good with that. I, a lot of our earlier episodes were a lot like that, but the Legacy Music Hour, the um, the godfather of VGM podcasts, they only do only do third and fourth generation. They don't even go to Game Boy Color. It's everything prior. See, the thing is, I Richard like having Pryor. access to everything. Yeah. Richard Pryor. I like having access to everything, but at the same time, I also realize that I like to, I get so caught up in like, I want to talk about this game, or this game fits the theme, but I'm like, I should do more retro diving, because I do have access, and I have tons over there. Just gotta find the reason to say, bring that game. So, maybe I'll be the thing like, only retro games, like, mm-hmm, gotta decide. Yeah. Well, that retro <laughs> month, yeah. What, 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 what month would be the most retro of the months? I don't think there is a month for retro. Like it was just like June or May. I don't know. Yeah, well, June. There you go. Summertime. Summer vacation. Get home and play your games like a kid would. Mm-hmm. I miss summer vacation. There you go. <laughs> Me too. Make June retro month. <laughs> maybe maybe it'll be good July because that's really summertime, right? Summertime. Summer summertime. Was there was there a Wild West like a wild was it Wild Wild West? Um, video yeah, Will game? Smith did both of. Well, yeah, but I'm sure it was terrible. Uh, there's got to be. Hold on, I'm looking up. <laughs> Specifically related to the Wild Wild West movie that starred Will Smith, right? Movie, video game. There's got to be. There's got to be one, right? Um, it's a game called Steel pr- Assassin, Wild Wild West. That's probably not it. Yeah, I'd say you should look it up on the next break because oh that no, it is. <laughs> it actually was the game based on the 1999 film. Oh, we were but babies for now. I know. We babes playing Dreamcast, or it received, being excited for the Dreamcast launch. Yeah. It received mixed reviews. Um, yeah, the movie did. They said it was better than a rattlesnake in your boot. Well, that sounds like a that sounds like a marketing review. Yeah, or also like it could be worse. Eh. Hey, Woody liked it. All right, um, not so much with Buzz. Okay, so it is an interactive 3D world with puzzles, and it sounds boring. Okay, Pranel, what's your next track? Thank heavens it is not Wild Wild West. Get that mess out of here. Damn it. Um, but the game I did have, while fairly recent, I still feel as though it definitely is an unsung game. Because I, I, aside from, I've never heard anyone talk about this game at all. Um, it is called Get a Grip Chip. Um, <laughs> and the track title is called Eat Hot Chip and Lie. Um, and it's composed by Stimmerman. A guy who I want to get on the show someday now because of this game. You got these are some weird titles. I, like I work it. for it. Man. Get eat hot chip.
That's that's like this is like one of my favorite tracks of the show. Oh, this is a fantastic track. For those listening, this is Eat Hot Chip and Lie from the game Get a Grip Chip, composed by Stemmerman. Uh, I fell in love with this track and other tracks in the game's OST like that. It's just, it sounds so good. And this track is especially wonderful to me because this game brought back the whole quote-unquote musical levels theme for a platformer. Though it's not really a platformer so much as like more like Bionic Commando where you can't jump mm. and you can pretty much just grapple with a hook that's attached to your head. So yeah, you're swinging around. Instead things. of like a cute army dude, you're like a cute little robot. That's right. Yeah. You're a cute army. You're a cute little robot that's in a factory trying to rescue all the other little robots from uh, AI that went haywire. Mm. It basically short circuited. And the music levels are basically you going from left to right, performing actions to avoid getting killed by what's coming after you. And due to the how it's paced out, it's basically to the beat. So like when you grab something and like you get launched, that's like. <laughs> um, and in the case of this level, basically the AI bursts like sh- shoots and breaks like a, pi- a loose pipe that has lava running through it. So now all this hot lava is falling, filling the factory, that's chasing you down like the lanes. So you're like running from the lava and everything's collapsing. And eventually, that one part where the music changes up on that different tempo, it actually like, hit a wall and the lava starts coming from the bottom. You're like, oh crap, not gonna grab and swing upwards. And you're like going up and dodging saw blades in the mess. And it's just a lot of fun. Oh man. And I did that level so many times, not because it was difficult, but because I was like, I wanna get the top time on this because I like hearing the music so much that I may as well go for the high score on the ranking. And I got the high score on the ranking board. So this so. show is like kind of like your, your so far it's been like your favorite interesting platformers. It pretty much comes down to that a lot yeah. of time because I feel like a lot of the games that tend to go unsung that I come across end up being some form of platformer. But yeah. I could totally make a full-blown list of like, this game is something people should play. This is a game people should play. But um, at the same time, I also think it's, it has a double effect where it has to, in the case of the content of the show, it also has a great music. Yeah. Like there was a game I had called Igus Defenders I thought about putting on this episode, but I was like, I can't find a track that I really want to showcase on the show, mm. so maybe not. Is the but, is the rest of the soundtrack kind of like this? Kind of like kind of fusion jazzy? It's tracks like that. It goes around a bit, but overall, it's all good. Like it's just bangers, man. I was it's just a, as soon as this track started, I was just bobbing my head. And and I, like I did, didn't know where it was gonna go. I love I love how the melody was just so interesting. It's just really dissonant in some spots, but then just all over the place. Just having it was doing its own thing. It was like it was just having fun, you know. I loved it. Yeah, like I, like what was it? I think it was that, that I did a Facebook post a couple of days ago where it was like, "Ask me three anything," and I want to say it was Chris Murray that was like, three guests you'd like to have on the show that you haven't had yet." Mm. And it's because of this game that I was like Stemmerman. <laughs> oh my god like it, i mean when you think about can you think of many osts that you've heard about in the past that sound like this like i can't <laughs> it's just very good stuff very good stuff and i wouldn't be surprised if this game started as a mobile game before it came to the switch it does have, that, does have awesome. that feel to it but i don't think so because the um the game seems to have like really i know it's on switch but like the gameplay I was looking at looked like it was really closely tied to mouse controls. So like it may have been more like a PC. Might have been like yeah, PC first. But um, oh man, I'm really into this song. It's, <laughs> it's so cool. Good. Yeah. It's really good. I might have to. Oh, they're from Brooklyn. Really? Yeah. There it is. It means he's. There it is. It means he's accessible. Yeah. All right. I like this a lot. Okay. Cool. Um, we should reach out to them. All right, so my last track, Prunel. 
Okay, I'm talking about retro games. All right. We're talking about platformers that no one talk about a whole lot. Okay. You, you know I love the Genesis. Dun, dun, dun. What game am I talking about for now? Crap, that's hard. It's not Shadow Dancer. Because it has to be a game that no one's talked about. That's the, oh, It's not Rystar, because everyone talked about Rystar. No one talks about Rystar. I'm playing Rystar. Yes, they did. <laughs> <laughs> everyone talks about Sonic. Everyone talks about um, uh, John Madden football. No one talks about <laughs> Rystar. This may be the last track that you get to play yeah, of the sp- game Rystar. <laughs> <laughs> Was it actually Rystar, though? Hell yeah. <laughs> We're listening to Planet Sonata, Do D Da, round 4 1 for Rystar, the shooting star, composed by Tomoko Sasaki. is the Planet Sonata round 4-1 Do Di Da from Rystar the shooting star for the Sega Genesis composed by Tomoko Sasaki yeah okay I know it's it, it gets a lot of praise you know but people who play the Genesis or have fond memories of the Genesis a lot of people don't remember Rystar you know I think Rystar Rystar flew under you know yeah, people, that play, is true. people remember Ultra Beast. People remember Toe Jam and Earl. People remember all that fun stuff. But like, when you think I, about I, Sonic Team, Rystar is a gem, an absolute gem. I think even back when it came out, the reviewers were like, "It's too too slow." Like, I wanted <laughs> to be more like Sonic. They're like, "It's a great game." Yeah. And this level, the music for the Planet Sonata stages, I thought was surprisingly cool because. So, this is a Genesis game, mm-hmm. so every time we're like, that was actually meant to resemble, like, animals singing, like yeah. a bird, like birds singing on the stage, because the, it was a musical planet, so, and like, there were some areas even where, like, there'd be, like, a bird that's kind of just, like, perched somewhere being a jerk, and if you smack him with your head, he'll, like, get out of the way and start singing, and it would change the music even. Yeah, so at the beginning of the stage, there there's a few of them all lined up, and you have to sort of find the sequence of them and make. Or I think maybe it's like the end of each stage, you make each one sing, and then as you make them sing, the uh, sequentially they make more of a verse, and then at the end of it, which is this song, they all sing together, and it forms this final song together. And that's it's really, I mean, having sampled sound on the Genesis isn't always the best. <laughs> It's not always a great idea, and this one it's pretty pretty rough. But it all it's still really musical, and they, um, it just fits the music really really well, and it fits the stage well too. It's all very thematic. And it's funny because I realized when this started playing, it's like that means he does have at least one more track because you never played four two. I did not play four two. Um, I, I do like that one. I feel like I played my favorites on the show. I mean, 
That means the next time you pick a Rise Star track, it's gonna be you rummaging through the bin, technically. It's like, here's that track that I ain't care much for, but it's in the yeah. game, so here you go! Is it, um, like, the last stage is, like, five, like World 5 or World 6, so they are, I think it's 6. Um, I don't, it's interesting. It's very, very interesting, but it's a little hard in my ears, so I'm not as into it. But the ones I picked are, like, the ones that I hear, and I just nod in my head, and I go, yeah, this is a jam. I like it a lot. <laughs> I still say Busy Flare in the first level to splash, playing a splashdown are the best tracks yeah, in the yeah. game. The water stages. I mean, as, as much as I don't don't like water stages in games, I tend to slow things down. Um, They're actually great in, in Rystar, though, because you do the dash and you're just blasting through oh, the water. He's so fast. He's like, he's like He is the frog suit from Mario 3. It's just he flies through the water. So, um, yeah, it's, it's a great game for people who are looking for uh, not a, not a, the most challenging, but a very fun platformer experience. Like Ristar is just a great game. I wonder if it's yeah, got. It's I, I'm hoping it's got a a re-release somewhere in like some collection on a modern console. I don't think it did, unfortunately, because I even with because my first thought was going to say, well, we could double check this because it's been a minute. But I was going to say, was it in any of the Sega Genesis collections that got dropped? And I don't recall seeing it in any of those. Yeah, I don't think so. It doesn't doesn't look like it, and that's a shame. It's a shame. I love a little Rystar, a little guy. He's cute. I think for good reason because Rystar is awesome. All right, so what's your final track? I was asking very challenged on choosing my final track, but I think I'm gonna stick with this one because it's another game that I feel people. I've heard people claim they wish more games existed like it, and I even just recently reviewed a game that was like it brings back feelings of Gauntlet. So I'm like, well, here's a game that does a better job of bringing back feelings of Gauntlet. It is called Hammer Watch, and it is called. This track is titled Metal Chambers, and it is composed by Two Feathers. to Metal Chambers from the game Hammer Watch. I played it on PC, but I think it's actually on like Switch or maybe Xbox 362. But it's composed by Two Feathers. Uh, this track, I think it's very nice. It's like a nice, more relaxing sound compared to the stuff that I was, I was playing earlier. Though, I guess Get Hot, Eat Hot Chip and Lie has a bit, can be a little relaxing too if you get rid of all the <laughs> But without those, it's just not the same. So keep them in. Mm. Uh, 
this tr um the game itself is pretty sound. Like originally, I had never heard of it. I ignored it, didn't pay attention to it. But I had a friend. Well, then had he's still my friend, a Matt, who was looking to find some games to play together on Steam. He came across this game and he convinced like a couple of us to just go out and buy it specifically to play online together in co-op mode. And I bought it just to, you know, just a piece. I'm like, okay, I want to hang out here. I bought this game, not expecting to like it. And I ended up liking it. <laughs> it's, it's not a complicated game. It's very simple. But again, it's basically like Gauntlet. You choose a, char a hero character, and there's like a campaign you play through, mm -hmm. and monsters spawn from generators. You kill the monsters, you kill the generators, you find items in the in the, in the area, you level up, you can oh, level up your stats. Even straight down to like where the monsters are all, are all coming from, like one little square, and they all like, and you have to yep. like destroy that little square to stop the monsters from coming. That's amazing. Though they did make them more thematic in this. Like, it's not just like, here's a pile of bones. In this case, it's like, if there's like eyeball monsters, the spawning point is a giant blinking eye in the ground or like a house, like a monster house, and that's where the monsters are coming from. How was how was the co-op? Was it was it like um, you're, you're fighting for food and for, for gold again? Because I no, thought it was always not, fun. That, well, you're still trying to get money and stuff, but you're but not you, fighting for like, you're not fighting for health because like the thing about Gauntlet that made that aspect brutal was the fact that Oh. Your health was slowly draining naturally because that's yeah. how they stole your quarters. Yeah. So if you saw food, you were fighting for that food <laughs> because whoever didn't get it was going to starve. So, because I mean, yeah, sometimes they would give you enough so that each person could get one, mm -hmm. but the food wasn't really enough to truly keep you alive. So to really hammer at home, you ate all the food and said, "The heck with my friends. Yep, you can die." So you have, but quarters. of course that backfired too because once they died. Then you didn't have enough firepower to take out the monsters that were coming, and you eventually followed them in Haiti into Haiti. So whatever. Um, but in this case, I did like that they didn't make you fight for food just to survive, but you were like going for experience and getting looking for items, okay. and you didn't all get the items when you found them. So there was stuff like that. But it was it's, it's a genuinely cool game. It had bosses too. Oh, oh, so it's not just like just all a bunch of mazes. It was it um was it procedural or was was it? Do, do you know? <sighs> I want to say it was procedural, but yeah. procedural. Speak English, Pernell. It seems I like want the to say it was procedural, that, but that I'm not sure. Way. Yeah, that it would it, it would lend itself to being like procedurally generated maps. Um, Personally, I've always been anti-procedural because while on one hand someone might say, "Yeah, but it's infinite playability," my philosophy is that infinite playability should come from characters and builds and stuff like that. But I want level layouts to be meticulously curated so you can say okay they intentionally put this monster generator here because it's a bottleneck mm -hmm. and if you got to get there you got to do xyz versus the algorithm decided yeah. on <laughs> yeah you like you like uh, the, inten the intentionality of the design i think that's why i like enter the gungeon so much is because um every room was intentionally built but then the the layout of where all the rooms are in the, in the stage and then like whether certain rooms appear or not is always random See, that I like. I'm okay with something like yeah. that. Because as long as the room, at least the room, exactly. you still know they intended for you to use this table against this type of monster that could spawn here. Not, right. we just thought a table could fit here, but uh, the next time there won't be a table right. because it's that's true. fun. It's true. You play it enough. Like, you walk into a room, you're like, oh, I've been in this room before. It's just, it's never always here. But it's always like this shape, and there's always things that are going to come from this direction. Like, that makes mm -hmm. sense. But, like, when you open the door, you have no idea what you're walking into. And and so that I like. So that's always nice. But yeah, when it's when it's all random, it can go a little it can go a little sideways. But I'm I'm gonna turn this track down and we're gonna get into the part of the show we call the 
bonus round. Boop, 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 bonus round. The bonus round. Gotta go. Just do the bonus round. Uh, the bonus round is where we play covers and remixes and arrangements on our theme. We also play cool tracks that we wanted to play anyway. <laughs> Which is what I, I got a feeling I know what you just did. Yeah. Okay. Here's one. Here's here's one that came out on the PlayStation that no one bought because it had a dumb cover and no one knew anything about the game. And but these days people do because the soundtrack was amazing and the game is silly and and is weirdly adult in some places. It's Incredible Crisis. Yes. That actually came up the other day to me too. Um, which we'll is, talk about that. Yeah, it's a crazy game. So I'm going to play. It's called Independence Bay. It's the last yes! last stage the of the best game. Best track of the game. <laughs> it's really good. Um, the, the everyone's really no bad, horrible day turns into fighting aliens at the end of the day um, at the uh, at the at the edge of the river. Um, this track is composed by Yuichi Oki for the Tokyo Ska Paradise. Um, which is comprised of Tatsuyuki Hiyamoto, uh, Masahaki Kitahara, Nargo Gamo, Yuichi Oki, Suyoshi Kawakami, Asushi Yanaka, Hajime Omori, and Tatsuyuki Aoki. Yes, all of them are playing brass instruments except for one guy who is yelling, pick it up, pick it up. <laughs> <laughs> if it's Scott, someone's picking it up. So pick this up. This is Independence Bay for Incredible Crisis by the Tokyo Ska Paradise. I'm sorry, Tokyo Ska Orchestra? No, I think it's Tokyo Ska Paradise. It, that's orchestra. It's orchestra. Orchestra, okay. Well, anyway, here you go. I'll double check. We'll, we'll figure this out. Man, I said all their names. Oh, baby. 
Jasmine. Jasmine. Who doesn't like a little bit of Jasmine? Jasmine. This was Independence Bay from Incredible Crisis. That was composed by Yuichi Oki for the Tokyo Ska Paradise Orchestra. All four of those words for the Sony (laughs) PlayStation. Man, that was a good track. And it's funny, too, because, like, someone brought this up in a collector's group that I'm in, and they were asking about, like, if the game was good. I can't remember if they had just gotten it or if they were playing to get it. And I was like... Get it for the music alone, let alone the game proper. Yeah. And here's a track to just let you know what you're getting into. And of course, I gave him Independence Bay because this track, along with Etsuko and the Golden Pig and Taneo yeah. Dance Hour, yeah. those are like the iconic tracks from the game, I think. Yeah, the Taneo, Taneo Dance Hour is the best. I think I've, I have played that song on the show before. That was like the last one I played. It's It's so good. And it's such a cool premise for a game, too, because like like you were saying earlier, the family is just having a weird day. And yeah. each level is a different family member doing something. <laughs> like, was who's was this like the, this was the dad's final state? Uh, actually, I, I, a few of them end in this way. Um, I remember he played, he started as the dad and then um, and like he, he has to dance at work for calisthenics. And so that's a stage. And then he has to escape the work and so he's like in a he's on a stretcher or something uh, going running down the street and then there's a girl on a ferris wheel and there's a little romantic scene there and um but then eventually there's aliens in the city and and you have to stop the aliens you don't know and how the they dad's got controlling a cannon <laughs> yeah you don't know how they got there and then you play as the mother and you see how her day goes and then you play as the daughter and the son and you see how their day goes um and eventually you get the full story of what's happening and happening in japan and it's really, it's super silly. Some of, some of the games are the same. I, 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 I play this game over and over again, trying to get perfect scores because they have a family dog. And on the, on the title screen where you choose the family member to play the game, there's, mm-hmm. there's a dog house in the bottom corner. And I was always thinking to myself, if I just play the perfect game, I bet you, I bet you I could play as the dog. I bet you I could play. Oh, that would have been awesome. But you can't. No, it was, it's just a short little game. It's not that long. It's full of just mini games. And it's, it's so cute. And the music. You say that, but I I feel like I spent a lot of time failing Independence Bay. Yeah, <laughs> that level was hard. It's a short game in quotes because some of these little mini games are incredibly difficult. the 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 the, the, the dancing game is a rhythm game. It's the first one you have to play in this game, and be, it's just the timing is terrible. It's so hard to get through. Oh, that's right. He has to escape the rooftop and so it's like you have to balance him like you're doing a grind in tony hawk uh oh cool it's so silly it's it's a fun game and 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 you have to play it over and over to get the hang of like how to do each little challenge but every time you do it you get these amazing tracks from this band i mean the whole the whole game is just a fantastic album by the tokyo ska paradise it's because of these guys in this game that I'm almost positive. That's where my whole ska has to have pick it up in every track or it's not ska. That's right. If there, your track doesn't have pick it up, pick it up. Like, well, it ain't, it ain't ska. There, it's fake. There is a, um, a um, what's the thing where there's a movie that's about, a documentary about ska in the 90s. It's called Pick It Up. <laughs> and, it really is called Pick It Up. Yeah, I think it's on Amazon right now. I'm waiting for it to uh, to show up so I can I can watch it. It's all about how ska like rose, rose, rose for like a year and then like gone. <laughs> I love that it's called Pick It Up. Yeah, of course it's got to be. All right, uh, what's your uh, bonus round? So I'm going to ask you: Should it be a remix or cover, or from another game I want to reference? Ooh, 
Well, I'll, let's hear from another game. Unless you really like the cover. I'm, I'm okay with the cover. The problem is, I like, guess, from a band that we've played plenty of times, so they don't technically need that hit right now. But we could play it. We could, how about this? All I those, all those clicks, all those rhythm and pixels clicks that they're going to get. All two of them. Yeah. yeah, but like, you know, we can always play that as the end track because it also would fit better for the ending music, oh, okay. too. Okay, great. And it would sound good over it. So for my final track, this comes from the game Noi 2 Love 2 Devolution, which surprisingly I ain't never picked from the game on the show. I looked at the site and didn't see it. Um, but this track is titled Ghost Century, and it was composed by Joaquin Sandberg. You're listening to Ghost Century from the game Noit 2 Love 2 Devolution, composed by Joaquin Sandberg. I want to say, I know it released on PC because that's where I played it, but I think it also got a release on the Wii. Um, so, this game, Rob mentioned earlier, it has a very similar feel to like visually to the game I mentioned earlier, Skybolt Zack. And he's not off, it's a platformer where you're also dashing into enemies to knock them down and like zip around the screen. However, the way controls work in this game are you use the, um, the cross pad to walk around and you move around with the mouse. So like if you, you dash by clicking on an object or an enemy mm. and you dash into them and then when you keep clicking on them, that's how you punch and kick and stuff. So a lot of the game will involve you like running and then like dodging, evading things, but then you see the right enemies like, okay, dash into them, beat them up, get off of them, run away. And it's like, it becomes this like frenetic dance mm. where you'll be on a battle and you see like a bunch of objects you need to knock out in order to hit the boss, but you're also going to evade the boss's attacks and know how to just get around and collect items. And all of a sudden, next thing you know, 
Again, you're dancing. You're like, okay, move, jump, duck, dash, move, jump, duck, dash. Like, this feels freaking great. And this track that you're listening to plays on the second stage of the game, where it's almost like you're, I want to say you're almost like you're dashing through time, kind of, because in this level, you're like in a haunted mansion. Mm. And like you're fighting like a Grim Reaper and oh, all kinds okay. of crazy I, stuff. This, this song has like a really specific sound to it. You know, it almost like kind of carnival or not clowny, but you know. A like, spooky carnival. Yeah, yeah, like a haunted house. Yeah, and then definitely is like a haunted house style mm. stage. And the game itself is how I learned about the guy that eventually made me want to check out Iconoclast because the same guy who made Iconoclast. Yeah, that's right. I was like looking at the artwork and I'm like, this looks really familiar for now. <laughs> mm-hmm. That's cool, man. Yeah, it, it's like how in Skyball Jack, like you have to hit the right color, the right button for each enemy. And this one, it's just you just have to hit them. You know, you have to hit yeah, them right. So get in there and yeah, get the work. But also dodge it, a lot more. So freaking good. And again, this is another game where I I have never heard anybody that I've come across talk about this game. Like it's only ever been brought up once in the blue moon by like, you know, a typical fan. So it's like, this is a game more people should have played. It's yeah. so good. Or when uh, Iconoclast even got announced, it was like, by Joaquin Sandberg. He made this really cool game that nobody played, and now he's making another cool game that no one's going to play. <laughs> but, but I'll be honest, like, but this game is it's still available on Steam, I think, too. Like It's it's a good title. Yeah, it looks really neat. It's got a cool old-school vibe to it. It's not even in... It's not even in a um, like a sixteen nine aspect ratio, you know. It's 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 really neat. Um, so for more information on the bonus round, go to rhythmandpixels.com. We'll have links to all these artists, band camps, and sound clouds, and bios, and everywhere you can buy the music and support these artists. Right, thanks for joining us on episode 27-8 of Rhythm and Pixels. This is our unsung hits, underrated gems, and kind of deep cuts that we feel uh, are awesome games that more people should be, know about, at least. As oh, yeah. And this last particular track, I'm sure Kung Fu Carlito and his dog Missile will very much appreciate this jam. <laughs> and his little dog, um, too. <laughs> that's right. Because, you know, he named his dog after the dog in this game. Oh, I didn't know that. Yep. Um, this particular game is called Ghost Trick, released on the Nintendo DS, and this track is called The Last Desperate Struggle. It's a remix, Mega Drive remix, and I really should look up who the composer was, I was not thinking. Um, I want to say it was like Ace Combat, that was his, his, that was his handle on the interwebs. Yeah, I think, um, it, I think that is still... Yeah, I mean, this is like 10 years ago, but I think it is that Ace Combat on, on YouTube. But like, it's a... Yeah, I, I, I adore this game, I adore its OST, and while... Um, people still talk up Phoenix Wright, and for good friggin' reason. Which, by the way, hey guys, we're getting the freaking Edo, the the the, the 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 Japanese Meiji period Phoenix Wright game soon. Yeah, um, but also not enough people talk about Ghost Trick because it's so freaking good, and you will probably cry by the end of it. I don't cry at things, and I came pretty damn close, if not a tear shed. I love this game, and it makes you feel so good, and. You love every character by the end of it. And I mean, even the bad guys. You love everybody. It's just good. So good. This, um, is, one, this is one I need, to, I need to play. Yes, you friggin' do, man. It's... I can't... I can't sing this game's praises enough. And the level that this track plays on... It's hit, it hits like a truck. You're like, I gotta do it. I gotta do this. I can't fail at this. I gotta do it. Despite the fact that you get retries. It doesn't matter. 
You're like, I can't fail. It's so good. <laughs> Makes you feel like um, this is important now. This is the it, thing. Yes, exactly that. Like this is extremely important. I cannot make this. I cannot mess this up. Well, I so like this fun. arrangement of it too. You, you were like, we were listening to this a couple of songs. Uh, you were like, I'm gonna pick this one. You're like, yeah, it's the Genesis sound, isn't it, Rob? And I said, yeah. <laughs> yeah this is what I need right now. <laughs> yeah, buddy. Um, but yeah, I love if you, Genesis sound. I love the Genesis soundtrack too. If you also love the Genesis Sound and you want to get in contact with us and let us know how much you love it, you can send us an email. Rhythmandpixels at hotmail.com. And if you want to learn more about our show, see a full track listing from all of our episodes and get access to all of our episodes, go to the website. Rhythmandpixels.com. Um, you can uh, check us out on Facebook and Instagram and Twitter. It's Rhythm and Pixels, all one word. Um, we also have a 24-7 radio station playing nothing but 8-bit and 16-bit classics that's out there on youtube.com slash rhythm and pixels and it's also being uh restreamed to our twitch tv twitch.tv slash rhythm and pixels you can check out that out there too um and if you'd like to support the show just tell people about it you know tell your friends or you can buy one of our shirts and wear it and then have to explain it to your friends <laughs> that's the fun part actually choose a sound team and then fight for them that's the right death. We have t-shirts of um, of the podcast logo, of podcast jokes, video game music-related shirts related to game company uh, sound teams. So you can get a Kukahea Club Konami t-shirt, an SNK sound team t-shirt, which I think is pretty cool. Um, so yeah, so check that out. How about out. you just ignore Falcom every time? I know. There's Falcom! Fa- Falcom, Zuntada. Check it all out there. I-, I will be selling them until I receive a cease and desist. <laughs> but Knock until me. then go to rhythmandpixels.com slash merch that's all right there for you all baby um, you can also support us by going to patreon.com slash rhythmandpixels there you get a prequel episode every week and a monthly live stream episode every month um, our prequel episode this week is uh, Pranel and I recording a little uh, a commercial bit for XVGM radio um, Pernell did a really good voice I was really impressed by it It really threw me off um, I thought it was really funny Shot from the hip baby really And you're to blame <laughs> I give dubbed voices an adequate name um, what else? Oh yeah and also at the higher levels You also get um, a shout outs on our radio stream as well So um, every 10 or 11 songs or so on the radio stream There's a, a bumper of me and Pernell saying You're listening to the show But there's also a few on there Of us giving shout outs to Patreon members um, And so we also like to thank our highest uh, members On Patreon at the end of every episode So I'd like to thank Frankly Zappa Mike Myers Vashon8060 That Nick Walker Ed Wilson of the VG Embassy Matt's Holmquist Michael Jennings Davey Cakes Justin Schneider uh, from XVGM Radio. I have to get his name right because we were on his show and I know we gave him a hard time for his editing. <laughs> like, we play it pretty loose here because, like, I've just gotten used to how we do things, but they they, they run a tight ship. They have a format we and we just tried to break their format. We tried to break their format and I feel bad about that. Um, Sonic Medley, Taco, Harold Howard, Dave Taylor, Reinhard Selkova, Andreas Milberg, Dan Loughton, um, and yeah, you can check him out on twitch.tv slash the Phantomire. That's P-H Phantomire. I think he's playing the Gungeon right now, but he's, he's just amazing speedrunner of Contra. Hey, keep in mind, though, 
He's looking at starting up Fancy Star 4, which he recently acquired. Yeah. And he's never played it before, which means he's in for a treat. Yeah, yeah a cold playthrough of that game would be really interesting. So uh, that is Dan Lawton, Phantom Meyer, um, Sleepy S'more, Steve Miller, The Autistic Gamer 89, Cameron Worma, Christopher Senstrom, Bobby Arson from What Up Funk, Wicked Sephiroth, Carlos, Kung Fu Carlito from the Heroes 3 podcast, rocking one of our Konami t-shirts. Um, it looked really good. I'm really at pleased. the Marvel. I'm all. It's always. It's just. I, I make the designs, but sometimes I don't. I don't run a test print of the shirt, so it's really nice to see them come out right. <laughs> uh, Michael Bridgewater from the Forever Sound Version VGM podcast. Um, if you're listening to the show, thanks for listening. But also, I hope you're doing well out where you are. We haven't heard from you in a while. And uh, Brian Pitt. So thank you all very much for your continued support of our little program. It's very much appreciated. Believe us. Believe that. Um, uh, Pranell and I have both received our second dose of the vaccine. We are waiting the appropriate amount of time before we are um, locked together in the sweet embrace of podcasting in the same room when Pranell has just come back from the gym. Which is also convenient because not only will I smell up the joint, but I also get to retain my very, very close to full Gmail cap. So it's like perfect on top of perfect. A Gmail cap? Yeah, because you know, whenever you upload a file, it's, it's still considered your file and there's a cap of 15 gigs and I'm at 14.5 right now. Oh, no kidding. Okay, I didn't realize it would do that. I was like, oh, our, our, our Google Drive's got plenty of space. <laughs> Oh no! <laughs> oh no! Cord to, but at the same time, I don't have much of an excuse. I got emails in there from like 1999 and 2000. So I, oh, I can't. okay. You know what? You gotta clear that out. Those friends that you made in 1999, Thank you. gone. Wait, wait, that was me. Um, all right. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for listening to the show. Thank you for supporting the show. We both really appreciate it. Um, next week, which would be tomorrow. <laughs> Uh, after the show has aired, which is Thursday, we are recording our Patreon live episode. So that's the, all the details will be on our Discord. It'll be on our social media, it'll be on the website, it'll be on our Patreon. So that'll be all out there. Um, but for now, I am losing my voice. Have a good night. We'll see you next week. But he's Rob Nichols, and I'm Pernell. <laughs> and he's doing that Vogue thing with his fingers. I'm striking a Vogue. I don't know what that means. In the Discord chat. But I'll also throw in a and remember, my, even though admittedly my my mind and body are all over the place these days, but and remember still come from the heart. So I got that, baby. And this one is very simple in that I know we're all getting tired or are tired or what have you. And you just kind of sometimes just want to kind of keep away and ball yourself up and just not engage with people or do anything. But sometimes, especially in those times, it feels kind of nice to take that energy and still try to do something to help other people, whether it's something massive that you can do for your community or something light and relaxing, like, I don't know, picking up litter on your street, um, being like saying, waving hello to people you see just because why the hell not, you know? It's just sometimes just being that person that's like, I can help, I can be there, I can be present. It does a lot for you which in turn does a lot for your community and our communities need all the damn help they can get right now, especially right now because people are losing their turf. They're losing their ever loving tuffets. So be a positive tuffet. 
and keep your tuffet tucked so you don't lose it because then you'll go crazy. But be kind to people, commit acts of good service to others that need it, or even those who don't, because that's what good people do. And I'm going to eat more Brussels sprouts and stink up my room now. So, <laughs> hey, <Eric>. yeah. <laughs> The stinky Brussels sprout room. <laughs>